everybody and welcome to the very first episode of A Therapist Thought. I'm Joe DiLorenzo. My credentials are licensed associate counselor, which gives me the ability to talk to people face-to-face and help them out with whatever psychological needs that they need. I We don't give advice. Uh, we're kind of just like a guide for people to help them navigate their own lives. Um, so think of me like brush or uh, clay where artists can use to help them get their ideas out on paper or slap a board that wherever they put clay. I don't know where they where clay artists put their art. Um, so the reason for this podcast is so that everybody can get an idea of what's going on in the world psychologically and how we can make things better and just lead people to a better place where they can be empathic for people who do have mental health disorders. Um, I started off in college, undergrad, not wanting to help people, but just interested in what our psych could do for us. Uh, I think one of the very first stories that led me to liking psychology was Phineas Gage. I don't know if anybody knows who he is, but he was a railroad railroad worker, and he was nailing the spikes, the stakes, into the railroad, and uh, an explosion happened. And one of the stakes went right through the top of his head, like right where the front of his skull is, and that hit his frontal lobe. And after that happened, he was a completely different person. He, his mind changed, his, uh, his physical body changed just from his brain and mind getting, getting injured. He was a very angry man after he got the stake through his skull. And I was just like, wow, that's nuts. If we could, if that could happen to us or it happened to him, it could happen to anybody. And not just by hitting the brain or some traumatic event happening to the brain, but by just our brain growing in a certain type of way could alter our future with our mental state and physical state. Um, And this kind of brings us to the history of psychology. When the first philosophers started talking about it, they... The main question was, where is our soul? Where is our mind? And to this day, I don't think anybody still knows where the mind is. I mean, there's a lot of different theories. It's just, you know, floating outside of us, like in our aura. And that's what helps us think. And then other scientists believe that our mind is in our brain somewhere, but they just can't locate it yet because we don't have the technology. We have MRIs and other machines, but still, um, we don't know where the mind is. So we have the Greek philosophers and what they thought of the mind, but then there is other cultures around the world, like the indigenous people of North America and South America who ran rituals when people were having psychological disorders. Now, we couldn't quite place the name to it, but we did know that there was something wrong with these people. They were feeling down. They were 
you know, eating, they weren't sleeping, which is some signs of depression, and what they would do is throw a festival for the person. They would have all these foods, all this music, and the shaman would say, this is what they need, this is what they have to have to be happy again, and without any kind of medications, it worked. Am I saying that it worked today? I don't know. Maybe. Um, today, we just see people being down. We're like, oh, they're down. They need medications or they need to go see a therapist, which could be true. But if people cared enough and just sat down and talked to them and wanted to be with them for an hour or a, even just a couple of minutes, who knows if the depression will um, subside. And then you went on to different types of religion, and they said psychology is either demons or spirits taking over the body. Uh, me, personally, I don't know if I believe about that. Uh, some people now may believe that if they're very religious, and I'm saying go for it. If there's some way that you can help the person get better in their own religious rights, then go ahead. I'm, I'm not stopping you. I'm just saying I, I don't think that some boogity-boogity spirit from up in the, the clouds or down below is taking over people's bodies to make them do bad things. I think it's something, or not just make them do bad things, but making them feel some type of way is, uh, that's what's happening. And this religion, which really kind of not ruled the world, but had a dominance in it back then, um, started these institutions where they would just lock people up and hopefully uh, the demon would come out of them by starving them in these cells that they were chained to and it even got worse as time went on because they started to charge people to come into these very dark mysterious ominous caves where they were holding the psychologically ill and they were charging them money I don't, I don't know what how much it was back then but just imagine it like a zoo where you would pay to go see the animals and whatnot. And imagine, I mean, imagine your loved one had some kind of mental disorder and they walked into the basement and saw their loved one chained up like a dog or, or a cat or anything like that. And people were just paying and laughing at them and gazing at them saying, oh my God, look at them. It's, it's, it's unquestionable what they're thinking or what they're doing it's they're they're animals i mean nobody wants to be called an animal and i know some some people now who do that who are looking at the severely mentally disabled who have either schizophrenia or one of those uh types of disorders are saying i can't believe they're doing that like what's going through their mind sometimes people don't have control of that which is why we need advocates to help them out with whatever kind of mental and I think this is why I'm so passionate about the topic uh, now I was curious about what's going on in people's minds but over time I just saw how badly people were treated just because they had some kind of uh, mental issue going on nobody says you know why oh you have a broken leg you can't sit here. You can't be. You can't be eating with us. They 
try to help them out. I mean, yeah, physical ailments are sometimes very easy to fix with a cast or, or a shot or a band-aid, and mental disorders are just not that easy to to get better. They it takes time. It's you can't just put a band-aid over it or take a pill and it's over. It takes time, it takes therapy, it takes some medications, if any, to get the person to where they need to be. But it's not just the therapist or psychiatrist's job to get them better. It's, it has to be a 50-50 effort. The, the client has to want to get better and so, and so that they can work on themselves, not just in the 45 minutes or an hour that you spend with the therapist. You have to work outside of the therapy session as well. And I think that's where most people are at today. They want to go into a room, talk to somebody for 45 minutes or an hour, however long the therapy session is, walk out of there feeling like there's a weight lifted off their, their shoulder. And for some people, that'll happen. They'll walk out of the therapy session and say, oh, I'm feeling great. I'm, I know what I need to do now. But, and then they're, they're praising the therapist or psychiatrist or whoever's helping, whatever mental health professional is helping them out. Remember, we're help. We're not, we're not curing anybody. The person who has this skewity of their mentality is helping themselves. They're leading themselves to the right answer. We're the people who are, in a way, have one hand on the wheel, and then the client has one hand on the wheel. Now, I'm not saying traditional talk therapy has an effect on everybody. There's different kinds of therapies that we'll talk about uh, in the seasons and episodes of the podcast that you'll find out works for different types of people. There's equine therapy, which is uh, horse therapy. A person could go to a farm. There's a whole science to it that we could talk about later on that helps people out. Or, you know, there's hiking therapy. I take my clients out uh, all the time and hike in the woods and talk about things. And it has a calming event to them where they, they're able to talk about what they need to talk about. Uh, there's medications Every, you know, I talked about before how people think medications just one-time thing. It'll, it'll help them out in any way possible, but that's just not the case. There's a combination of things that need to happen. Uh, sometimes it happens. Sometimes just a, a pill could help people, but other times I, I find out that clients will come up to me and say, yeah, I've been taking, um, been taking Xanax for a while, but it calms me down for a little bit, but I don't want to take it anymore. I just want to go through my daily life with, you know, not worrying if I have my medications on me, if, if I'm getting triggered by something. And then other times, just there, traditional talk therapy works. You know, um, I come to you because I don't want to take medicine. Uh, I come to you because I don't want to talk to my mom and dad or my girlfriend or wife about whatever's happening in my life because it's just too private right now and I think it'll do me more harm. So this is why we need more mental health professionals to get in the game 
and I say the game, and I mean is just join us in in the uh, journey to help people who have psychological needs. Uh, I mean, they say that it's going to grow twenty percent in ten years. So if you're worried about you know not having a job because not a lot of people uh, want to be a mental health therapist, then don't worry about it. I mean, there's there's a job for everyone out there, no matter what you're doing. I mean, look at me. I'm making a podcast in my living room, trying to get the the word out there with different types of ways that people can get better and different types of ways that people can go to somebody for help. You don't have to be alone in the journey. You don't. And even us uh, mental health therapists need somebody to talk to about whatever happens in our sessions because we're listening to stories that are, you know, sometimes very disturbing. And, you know, we're human too. When we come home and lay our heads on the pillow, we think about things. Sometimes we don't want to think about things, which is why we also need to see our own mental health professionals. You know, everybody needs to help everybody. When did this world become so cruel not wanting to help our neighbor you know i'm looking around today and i'm seeing a lot of people saying no you need to do this you need to do that for for your own good yeah you need to do things for your own good but at the same time why can't i get help from my you know neighbor next door or somebody that i meet in the coffee shop our passion for caring about people has gone down tremendously in the past, I don't know, I would say, I guess, maybe decades. And it saddens me. If I'm sitting somewhere in a coffee shop and somebody is alone or they're looking like they're having a bad day, I want somebody I want you listeners to go up to them and just sit down with them and have a coffee. Not even if you're going to talk to them, just sit down there, be there. People love people's presence. Even if people say that they don't like when people are around them, there's some yearning for the psych to be with people. It's just a humanistic thing to do. Think about yourself being in isolation for at least, I don't know, four or five hours. Personally, I do not like it. I start going crazy. I need to go outside. I need to do something or at least try to do some kind of work so my mind is off being there by myself. Even if you give a phone call to a person who is by themselves, you do not realize what kind of power that call has. I had one person that I was psychiatrically evaluating uh, a couple of weeks ago. The woman was very depressed. She wouldn't get out of her house, and she came into the hospital because she could not stand by herself anymore. Not physically stand, but, you know, be there anymore. She had a plan to kill herself. Her plan was to take a bunch of her medications and then never wake up. When her mother called her to see if she was okay, she had a change of thought. 
that change of thought led her to the hospital so that she can come into the hospital for a stay voluntarily for a couple of days just to make sure that she wasn't going to do anything. She mentally could not be by herself any longer. And that one phone call by her mother, and this is quote from quote what she told me. If I didn't understand that phone call, I do now. My mother called me out of love and compassion. And sometimes I forget that people feel that way about me. If I did not get that phone call, that night, that second, I would have taken a handful of my pills and ended my life. Now just sit with that quote for a couple of seconds. How powerful is that to know that that one phone call saved somebody's life? So if you know somebody who's sad or, or not feeling well, just say, hey, what's up? How you doing? Even if you may get a negative response from them, like, oh, I'm feeling fine, no problems, nice for talking. Just that one hey resonates in their subconscious, making them feel like someone is listening or caring. And that's what I hope everybody can do in the future, not just for somebody who's feeling sad, but somebody who is having a more serious uh, reaction to a problem. Because we all need that someone at the end of the day. And if anybody was ever feeling that way after listening to the podcast or reading about the post, you know, there's resources out there for people who are feeling that way. There's the Suicide Hotline, which is on the website, and then there's the National Suicide Hotline, which is also on the website. Um, if you ever feel like it was triggering at all, there's a alcohol resource website that I have on my website as well. You can click the link, you can go to it, and it's very specific. It goes to your your state and then it goes it has a bunch of lists of alcohol and drug uh, treatment programs that are in your town you'd be amazed on how many resources there are out there that are people that people are misinformed about which is another reason for the podcast so people can be informed knowledge to me is one of the greatest things that other people can give to people um I think that's why we're evolving so rapidly is because we keep learning and we keep growing. So if anybody has a topic that they would like me to cover for the future, I'll try to cover it you know, as fast as I can and try to give you the best experience that I've had with the whatever you're, you want me to cover. Also, if there's any other therapists out there or any other mental health professionals that want to join me on the podcast, please do. I, I would love to hear your experiences, and I would like everybody else to hear a therapist's point of view during their experience in the mental health journey. I'll also be trying to cover some topics that I read about. Um, I'll read a book 
and I will try to cover it the best I can on what I think about the book and what I think about the topic, what I don't like about the topic, and try to do something fun. So if anybody has a psychological movie that they like and want to talk about, you know, let me know. I'll watch it, and I'll do a little uh, analysis of what I think the characters have or don't have in the movie and how it could affect people watching it. Alright, I will talk to you guys later. Have a good one.